Like every time I hear the podcast intro for Nate Land, like the, I hate the theme song. Just stop, just skip, like straight to them talking. That's all I you know, need. I just like, I, I continuously just hit the skip forward button until I'm just like three, four minutes into it. And then mm -hmm. if I missed anything in the first couple of minutes, I'm just like, it, fuck it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. At all. Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, uh, 1998, 95. I think. 97. 97, okay. That's okay. That's right okay. in the middle. <laughs> yeah, this movie's awesome. I, I've seen it plenty of times throughout my life, but not in a while. Uh, so I caught a lot of things. I distinctly associate this movie with Aaron Gunkel's basement. Why? I don't know. It's just whatever Aaron's Gunkel, Aaron Gunkel's basement's vibe had in like 2009. Like uh -huh. that's it's the same as this movie yeah and i think you know everybody can empathize with that and understands what we're talking about i think i think everyone can <laughs> i think everybody's got an aaron gunkel in their life and everybody's got a starship troopers in their life so, Ooh, i'm glad i got some white wine everybody has a version of starship troopers in their life it's just like yeah man it's like the movie Everyone has that same movie in their life. <laughs> like for me, the movie is the movie <laughs> in my life. I guess to to you, the experience of it is is Aaron, but to me, really, the, the movie fills in for itself. Mm -hmm. When was the last time you saw it? I don't even know. Me neither. I'm gonna say um, certainly not in the last five years. So I'll, I'll just say like six, seven years ago. Yeah, that sounds about right for me, too. Yeah. I tried watching it with uh, Grace and some friends maybe, like, a couple months ago. And it was just a lot more violent than I had remembered. And Yeah, yeah. And I was like... It makes me think does... I've seen some kind of TV version yeah. before. Yeah, maybe that's it. I mean, it, the direct... Who's directing it? It makes sense that it's super violent. But uh -huh. it's like the RoboCop and the Total Recall guy. Is it? Yeah, same guy. Wow. And they feel like the same, like those three movies. Like they do. Oh. I I watched uh, like a good thirty minutes of RoboCop a couple weeks ago, and yeah, they feel very similar. Just like very, very hyper violent and wacky. They're like mm -hmm. clown violence, but with real blood. <laughs> You know, people, uh, society used to be in a real uproar in the, you know, around the 80s, 90s about violence in media. And with a little retrospect, I'm like, yeah, there was a lot of violence in media. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty uh, desensitized to it, I guess, as yeah. young men. Because we were just, like, I don't know, that was just like part of it. That was, that was part of the incentive for going to watch certain uh -huh. movies was... How much violence have they managed to cram in here? But this one is almost like it's like a self, uh, a completely um, like a parody of violence almost. It's like the itchy yeah. and scratchy, you know, in The Simpsons. That's what it feels like, where it's just like turning it up to 11. Totally. It's like, and it's like funny too. 
and it's it's hard to tell like when it's when it's uh trying to be funny and when it's just funny as like uh-huh. a, a side effect of what's going on a lot of um like when i when what comes to mind in the movie when i think of the violent scenes is when like they're doing the would you like to know more like video stuff yeah which little, is little like ads it's like an in-world thing it's like what the citizen it's what the people of the this world would see yeah um and, and then and they show just like incredible violence but every once in a while like twice in the movie it becomes too over the top and they do a little bit of censoring. censored thing well it's only but during the, the those funny... segments where that happens uh-huh right right but the funniest thing to me about the censoring is just how cheap it is like it's not oh. a blur it's just like a rectangle uh-huh. and they go as far as like they'll tilt the rectangle rotate it uh-huh uh to cover up uh, like as uh, what they need to cover up but that's the level of effort that they put into that yeah i like those ads a lot or whatever you want to call them those interstitials propaganda, I don't propaganda. Know. well they feel like internet ads to me they it's, really do it's just like uh here's this here's this ad it, it is propaganda but in the form of an ad and then it's like, do you, would you like to know more at the end? It's like an interactive experience where, yeah. like, if yeah. you click on an ad right now, you can, you can dive into whatever the thing is. Not like uh-huh. traditional broadcasting. That's what's cool is because it's like a mid-90s movie before that was, like, really a thing. Interac- yeah. Interacting with your advertisements. Right, right. Maybe that would, maybe it does kind of look like early internet, like the ui or whatever that it's in maybe it was kind of internet inspired but i think they hit a like a tone that in hindsight looks very prescient looks very oppress like press prescient 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 what's that word it's a dune word i mean it's a real word but it just means being able to see into the future oh okay like they called it got it right on the nose they did call it, for sure. I was going to say something else about the ads. Oh, the censoring thing. Well, the funniest part, like, for me, the most laugh-out-loud moment is, like, right at the end, when after, it's, like, the last little wrap-up ad, and they're showing how the, the scientists are, like, working on the brain bug. And like yeah, the yeah. and like you you get a lot of like close up shots of like this the 3D model of this brain bug thing, and it like definitely looks like uh, an orifice of some kind. It looks maybe like a vagina or an anus, like the right mouth? on the middle of its face or whatever. Yeah, sure, its sure. Mouth. And like one of the scientists like probes it and they like censor that just because it like. Uh, I have to imagine resembles like sex. Just it just looks too much like sex that they have to like uh-huh. blur that out. That's interesting. I, I assumed it was because like when they went in with their tool, like there were such barbaric tools that looked like they were uh trying to inflict pain as much as it was trying to extract information. Yeah. And so just when like whatever the, the thing they put in went in, it was just a mess. That's also probably a possibility. Yeah, yeah. I think both... Uh, I think it could be both things. Either way, like, it's hilarious to me. Like, the censoring bars. Yeah. I think a censoring bar just, like, inherently is a great... That's a great prop or a comedy tool. 
just put a sensor bar like anywhere and like it automatically becomes funnier yeah yeah like if i put places vulgarity you know like even if you put like a black bar over somebody's you know even if their pants are closed and nothing is revealed if you put a black bar there it uh puts the image in your mind i had a friend a while back who's uh his name's zach and he just did a uh a selfie video like in the mirror for some social media thing and he did a black bar over like both his nipples because he didn't uh-huh. have a, he didn't have a shirt on and that was how small how small were the i mean bars? it's just like a it, relative to real life it's like an inch tall but like yeah. two feet wide <laughs> to cover both the nipples to cover both the nipples oh, like one okay, okay very long bar that's funny as thick as it needs to be just to right. cover the diameter so like the the geometry of the bar is also like a component of how funny it is yeah yeah <laughs> I feel like we should hit this, you know, with, with just a real good film analysis try. Let's give it the... Okay. Let's give it a real good film whole treatment. Film analysis? So, like, what is the... What's the film mean? Yeah, yeah. What kind of themes do you think it was hitting on? Well, I, I recognize, like, way more uh, politics yeah. in, in this time than I think I ever have before. You Same. and I... You and I have talked about, this is not necessarily in that direction, but I think it's relevant. But, like, you and I have talked about how this movie, and maybe also those other two movies, Robocop and Total Recall, they kind of just, like, blend the genders together. Uh Uh-huh. Like, in terms of uh, appropriateness. And maybe that's just, in this movie, it's supposed to be, like, oh, they're rough and rowdy infantry jarheads. They make them seem kind of dumb, like they're the dumb portion or branch of the gov- or, uh, military. And uh, so maybe it's just that. Maybe the gender, like them showering together is just rough stuff. Uh, but it does feel like they show like uh, a woman captain. Uh, they show f- females just as sort of like equals in the military and in, in power. I would and say in, even like, superior. You see, like, females as superior overall? Uh-huh. What's your evidence for that? Like, the ratio of males to females in the infantry units versus in, like, the higher prestige, um, like, the flight people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. More girls in the flight crew. That's true. Yeah. Than men. But the the group that Neil Patrick Harris is a part of, which I guess is, like the elite like war planning branch or whatever i think they call it uh-huh. games and theory yeah that all seems to be men yeah and I, I, mean, like I didn't really Nazis. get too much of that um I, I i can't really remember i mean do they show a lot of his crew like i feel like it's just him there's like a and, few um, guys there's like a few a guys, few guys. yeah okay that's a it's funny because that's the most interesting component of the world to me. And they uh-huh. show, like, the least of it. Because, like, he's, like, psychic or something. Games in theory, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris's character, he can, like, read people's minds. He can, like, control animals. Uh-huh. And I guess it's just supposed to be, like, in the future we evolved to where, like, a certain subset of people are more psychically inclined. That's just, like part of society now 
Uh-huh. And those people generally go to leadership positions. I think that that's really fun, and I just want to know more about the politics of that or, like, what's going on there, but you just see, like, a minute of it. Yeah, it's really cool. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had one more thought on, on just the gender thing. Okay. There's a lot of 80s, like, early sci-fi movies that do that. Do, like, gender... Eight. Yeah, like aliens, like where the crew is just like men and women. That's another one, yeah. That's also That's a very specifically like a space marine movie. Uh-huh. Like the and, soldiers and I, I look like, like more... Halo characters. Uh-huh. This one in particular, like watching this movie, sorry, I'm going to take it away from the gender thing just really quick. Uh-huh. Unless you want to keep talking about it. But like this movie, you watch it and I'm like, this just looks like Halo. Like the way that the marines are dressed and like the guns that they use. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, it also, th- I thought it looked a lot like Star Wars, but I think I was just picking up on like how much older stuff looks like Nazi stuff, which I read. Oh yeah. Like all of the, like all the military stuff looks like Nazi stuff. Like straight yeah. up Neil Patrick Harris's character has like one of those yeah. officer hats with like an eagle on it right there the ankle emblem and so at first i thought like oh they look like they are like star wars people and then i learned that like star wars the empire was also very nazi inspired mm-hmm. um in like fashion and stuff right um really quick about the guns do you feel like the guns are like in any way effective at <laughs> killing the bugs <laughs> Like, do you think they should have better weapons that oh doesn't, God, like, dude. require 30 people shooting at a thing at once for Four, it to work? There's 45 solid minutes of this movie that's strictly dedicated to, like, shot, reverse shot of, like, a guy shooting the same bug with a machine gun. I know. Because they're so, so hard ineffective. to kill. I guess the idea is that... Because they just, like, throw hundreds of people down... I guess the idea is that you just need, like, 30 people shooting at a bug at once to really do anything to it. Well, they show at the end that they get new weapons. But still, man, how, like, how are you going into this with just, like, machine guns? And you, like, know how they work against these bugs. It's the future. Like, you have spaceships. Like, shouldn't there be some kind of alternate to, like, an M16 that you bring into the table? Right. They pick the least effective weapon. It's. <laughs> it works I, for the movie, though. It takes. It, it drives me nuts every time the movie just like hangs on like the shooting for a while. I'm just like, this isn't working. Maybe that's the point. Back to the. It makes me meaning anxious. Of the movie. I, yeah. I made a comparison to zombie movies, like where, uh, like a lot of the. I, I feel like zombie movies work really great as uh, to kind of produce anxiety into the viewer because like the scene of where you're shooting the zombie but it's still coming at you mm-hmm. like that feeling of of you fighting the enemy but it's like very resilient so it's still making progress to you i feel like is a very specific kind of feeling and i feel like this movie hits that it yeah it. that's a good point I guess I'm just, I'm looking at the movie like I would a video game. I'm like, we need to upgrade our weapons. This isn't, we're not advancing through this movie quickly enough. (laughs) (laughs) 
the, I guess also like human life is really expendable in this world. So I feel like they just, yeah, not a lot of issue with just throwing platoons down. Yeah. But yeah, I guess the, the, the meaning of the movie, I don't know. I'm just going to talk about the, the politics cause it seems relevant, I guess, but uh-huh. there's this whole, it's, uh, the government, it seems, is now, like, very intertwined with the military. Like, uh, citizenship is, like, a coveted thing uh-huh. in this world. And it's unclear as to, like, what that even means. Because there's obviously people, like, uh, the main characters, like, family. None of them are citizens. And, like, you serve... I wonder in the, about that. Well, you wonder if that's the case or, like, why that's the yeah. case. They say service guarantees citizenship, but is there other ways to get citizenship? I, I assume so, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they are citizens and they just did it, like, a different way. Right, I, d- right. I don't know. But it seems like uh, citizenship is, like, the... It's, like, the thing you want. But it's, like... That implies that there are not a lot of people who are citizens. If, like, that is, like, one of the main points of, like, the propaganda is, like, trying to incentivize people with citizenship. Hmm. So, I don't know, like, what is it, like, what does that mean? Does that mean that you're now in this, like, other class of people? Like, you can vote, I think, is one of the things they say. You can... It's easier to get a license to have a child. Right, right. Um, So is the other side of that just, like, poor people or what? What's, like, what's the distinction between, like, a citizen in that world and, like, one today? They just, like, don't have any rights at all? There's other systems of government that are like that, where basically... um, I mean, but I mean, before like before like this democracy, a lot of the earlier democracies were like that Greek stuff, Greek places where the only people who could vote were. I mean, I, I think it's the same rule like people that served in the military. Okay. Or just or just when yeah citizenship was just restricted to a smaller group of people. Mm-hmm. So I imagine it just kind of looks like that sort of a throwback to uh, Greek times. Yeah, just a. M- a tiered society yeah. citizens and non-citizens i think it's yeah i think it's tripping me up because right now like in 2022 they're like at least in my mind maybe i'm just being dumb it doesn't seem like there's a lot of distinctions between a citizen and a non-citizen it's just like people are where they are uh-huh doing their thing apart from the voting thing yeah, apart from just simple stuff yeah. like voting or, like, I don't know, paying taxes. Yeah. But here it's like you're a completely different person and class if you are a citizen. Like, you can just do everything. Or at least that's what it makes it seem like based on, like, characters, the com- uh, conversations the characters have. Uh-huh. I imagine that the life of non-citizens is maybe not too dissimilar to the ones that we have. You and I? So it's I? not really... Yeah. 
so it's not really that they're at a huge disadvantage apart from the voting thing or whatever else um, citizenship entails in this world the people that like really want citizenship in in this world are the people that are just like really bought into this kind of civics minded mindset well yeah that's uh that's why i said like it's intertwined with the military because like at the end he's given that speech when uh, they're doing that girl's funeral about how like oh a citizen like the intrinsic thing about being a citizen is that you lay your life down for the collective or something right right which is a very like military way of thinking yeah and so it makes sense that a lot of the people oh and they also like refer to uh in that class like the high school class there is like a historical lesson about like the history of their government if i remember right and it was like started by a group of people called the veterans uh-huh which is not just like people who served in the military it's like a it's like a group of specific people like in their history that, i missed this that created their very like rigid form of government uh-huh and that's what that's what the teacher and the i guess the main character go on to worship yeah. but it's it's weird though because the way we're talking about it right now this seems like a society that you would want to rebel against not yeah be a part of and especially if you're making a movie about a nazi society you would want to make it about overthrowing that not like how it's a vic- uh, like a, a good way to do government right right so what's going on there why are I mean, we I think like on this... pro-nazis in this movie yeah i mean on this face i think this movie is like a very conservative movie and that just takes conservative values as as something you know with merit and kind of just let like play lets that experiment roll mm-hmm. i mean we're essentially looking at it like a very nationalistic very militarized society mm-hmm. uh not unlike ones that we've had in you know countries all over the place all throughout time mm-hmm. and then as far as like where it comes down i mean the movie I, I think is kind of is ultimately probably a critique on that kind of mindset i don't think it presents this world to you and but by the end of it like i i, I think as to like whether the movie pulls one way or the other as to whether it's like condoning these kinds of valleys or not i think it's kind of like really splitting it down the middle what do you it... agree with that well i don't know because i don't really know uh what it would be saying like from a liberal perspective like i don't see how it's being critical of that like i see that it's silly the movie is uh-huh. not serious about its portrayal of there, conservative values but there's one silly scene in particular critical. yeah yeah you would have to really look for it like i it, for the most part it doesn't it's not very critical except like when you just take a step back and say like like these people are wacky and like kind of crazy uh-huh you know they're breaking each other's arms it's like hyper violent yeah uh but like there's one scene in particular when there's like a newscaster guy and uh he he's in the ship like they're before they're ready to getting before they're ready to invade planet p there's this newscaster and he's like some critics say that like we should avoid open conflict with the bugs and instead like try sort of you know live and let live as a policy uh-huh 
And then the, the, the newscaster guy just, like, looks directly at the camera and kind of, like, um, it just makes, like, a gesture that kind of, like, breaks the fourth wall, I thought. Okay. Or I thought at that moment it was, like, I, th- I think that the director, like, basically told him it's, like, oh, you're talking to the audience at this point. Uh-huh. It's, like, um, that's what we should probably do, yeah. guys. And, it, and it's, like, a <laughs> locked room at that point. Like, everybody's, yeah. like, woo, yeah, like, yeah. before a football game. Yeah. And the guy just gives, like, the audience a nod, like, maybe we should maybe not do violence. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it does, like, put in little stuff like that. That's a good That's a good observation. Maybe it is something like that. Couldn't uh-huh. say. Mm-hmm. I, I look at, I would look at something like that, and this is probably how I interpreted it, is that it would present that, like, liberal mindset and then immediately pivot to, like, oh, the bugs, like attacked us like from space the asteroid was like the inciting incident right right right. and so it's like oh see how like see where that liberal bullshit gets you like Uh that's what the movie was saying to me at that point like i see like we can't do that because they're attacking us see how stupid that is yeah 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 that's not what i believe (laughs) to be clear for the podcast that's how you feel it's talking that's how the movie is talking to me yeah 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 i get that I think, like, the parents are basically, like, stand-ins for rich liberals of the main character. Yeah. he's. They say multiple times that he's, like, a rich kid, and obviously he's, like, captain of the football team. Uh-huh. The parents are basically, like, anti-war, like, their stance. It's not really clear. Like, well, I don't they... think they're taking, like, a moral stance against the war. I think they're coming at it just for, like, a, a safety of their son. Yeah, that's But that's they're, they're at the very least a family that hasn't bought into the kind of civics virtue of uh, of uh self-sacrifice like they don't want it to be their son right right. so doesn't that really doesn't that sound like a conservative critique of liberals yes yeah Uh, and it's um that's also what makes me think that his parents are not citizens is because of how kind of passively anti-war they are yeah yeah uh that would make me think that too but i was talking with with stacy about this but I'm just, I'm like, I, I think it would be less realistic for their parents to be not citizens because they are also rich. So I'm like, surely the rich people would have some kind of well, citizenship that's, loophole. Well, that's why I'm so confused about the citizen thing is because I'm like, if you can be like these people who I assume were not citizens, but still be like affluent, like what is really your incentive to be a citizen? If like you can yeah. live that kind of lifestyle without being one, because I mean, I you have to assume too that like the, the the kids by default are not citizens. Uh huh. They're like, oh, I want to be a citizen, so I'm going to join the military. So there's uh-huh. something that you don't just get to be a citizen if you're born into like a family of citizens. Maybe that's the same as the old like Greek thing that you were talking about, but I don't know. It it. It seems like the evidence for me stacks up that the parents are most likely not citizens. Uh-huh. Because, like, they they never say, like, oh, there are other ways to become a citizen. Like, if you really want to be a citizen, like, this is how you're going to do it. I guess he says you're going to Harvard at one point, but... I don't it's, know. it's a really up in the air. Would you? I wouldn't mind just like googling it real fast. I just want to Google like, are the parents of the main character citizens in Star Troopers? It'll just you, it'll you, put my mind at ease. You can Google it. I'm gonna get another beer. How about that? 
I'm also wearing this cool wireless mic right now. So uh, it's like an experiment since I don't have my, and I have my full desk set up right now. Uh -huh. so I had to kind of cob something together. So if I walk to the kitchen, maybe you can still hear me. I'm like yeah. the other part of the house now. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, there's a book, huh? Sounds like there's some, you know, minor discrepancies between the book canon and film canon. Oh yeah. Yeah, maybe the parents aren't citizens, and like, and like, maybe it's like, non-citizens would be people like you and I that are not, that are just like normal people. Like we get jobs uh -huh. and stuff, and we're not like super hardcore about anything. Like I, I think the citizens in this world are like the people that are just like so hardcore, like libertarian, civics-minded, and they're they're doing it for like the, the principle of it and the honor of it, and they buy into all of that. And then they would, in turn, also control everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they, they are essentially, if they are just a removed class of people that has, like, voting power, that just becomes, like, the government. Yeah, Is that which I guess makes sense why their society looks the way it looks like. Yeah. If that's the people you're self-selecting for. Right. Yeah. There would be a bunch of crazy people on the other side of that. Yeah. Hawks <laughs> everywhere, just everybody. Yeah, it's very interesting. Their, their society that they have. Mm -hmm. The more I watch, like uh, the main character and the way that he makes decisions and like changes throughout the movie, he like turns into like the perfect uh, version of a citizen for that movie. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah, beco yeah. he becomes like a citizen in the the spiritual sense. Right, right. No doubt about his purpose. No second guessing. Like it feels like a movie that like if it weren't so like wacky, it like my stepdad would show it to me and be like, "See, see where like hard work and like dedication gets you." <laughs> <laughs> like an American sniper kind of thing. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Like pro pro military, pro like I don't know. Just that yeah. no normal like stepdad content. Stepdad content. Yeah. Now that's a movie that like there's no qualms about like where it stands politically. But just because this American movie American Sniper. Is, yeah. Cuz yeah. this movie's like mired in satire and it is um, yeah, I mean, it is a satire. I, I don't know where to stand. Is there, like, a... If you just Google Starship Troopers, is there, like, a clear, like... Starship Troopers is a critique of modern uh, military. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Let's see. Let's see. Wikipedia... Word search meaning? <laughs> um, I mean, I looked up the director, interestingly. Uh, he's very old very old he was born he was like seven in 1945 and he's not american he's from the netherlands um so he's what does that make him what are people from the netherlands um i keep wanting to say norse <laughs> <laughs> norse vikings uh, i'm pretty sure it's vikings dude <laughs> what Fucking are they called idiot. 
Dutch, right? Dutch, yes, that's right. Uh, we are not Vikings, um, you know, uh, we have a long history and we have been a democratic government for over 300 years. Um. In his DVD commentary, Verhoeven said that the film's message is that war makes fascists of us all. Uh-huh. He evoked Nazi Germany's fashion, iconography, and propaganda because he saw it as a natural evolution of the United States after World War II, and especially after the Korean War. This movie, yes. Yeah. This movie is so close to 9-11. Um, people must have like made this connection to like 9-11 when this movie came out. In particular, like the scene when Buenos Aires is attacked. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's the point of the movie where everybody is, like, um, like, let's go to fucking war. That's true. That's yeah. that time period. Like, it, almost exactly. And for it to come only several, like, a few years beforehand. Most... Yeah. That's a really good point. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, like, the, that's, uh, uh, we were, uh, we were provoked and then, like, justified we, like, retaliation. We, like, went insane as a country. I'm uh I'm in that period right now of SNL of 9/11 early 2000s war years post 9/11 like Bush yeah, era yeah. yeah yeah cool it's interesting yeah people were like really gunning for it like people um very little resistance or kind of t- to the stuff we did back then yeah military invasion of Iraq and all the subsequent stuff yeah well it also seemed like we probably weren't at that time collectively super familiar with the idea of uh invasion i don't know maybe like people were because people have been anti-war like since war has been a thing i I don't know especially in the united states since vietnam right so do you think that this was different because of like, because of 9-11, like, that it felt more justified than it, like, more justified to the masses than something like Vietnam. There was, like, a more clearly defined, like, event that you could point to, like, as to why the war was going on. You want my analysis? As to why people were more okay with war in the mid-2000s, yeah. yeah. You know what I think? I think the fact that it hit, like, a, like a bastion blue state a blue city new york and got mm-hmm. blue people blue people <laughs> like all riled up mm-hmm. uh, like immediately uh, there would at that time what kind of anti-war response could you have mounted you know when the attack was like in new york city it would have like quelled those um that kind of impulse mm-hmm. which de- be, like more liberal leaning people definitely had at the time i think like We've been anti-war since the 70s, for, so for decades up to that point. It's hard to see how you could have had that kind of response if the attack would have been anywhere else or anything else. Yeah. Well, do you think if it, like, hit, like, Los Angeles or, like, Chicago, that the, the response would be different? Like, from the people, not necessarily Bush- I don't know. Because I, I kind of agree with you, but I don't really know what makes New York like the beacon of anti-war and lib- 
general liberalism in America more than anywhere, any other, like, metro city. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, let's not compare it to an attack somewhere else. Let's just um, compare it to some any other provocation for war um, that could have happened. Like, don't compare an attack in New York against an attack anywhere else. Like, compare it to the the motivation for war in any other context like now like there's a political oh. crisis military crisis going Got on it. um just an attack yeah an attack versus yeah. something else some call to action yeah. you know yeah an attack on home is hard to ignore right that makes um, sense but my point yeah just the fact that it happened there is is just really quelled any chance of of a legitimate anti-war de-escalation response well it's a pretty like emotional like when something like that dramatic happens like like the the collective consciousness of the whole country changes like yeah, everybody's yeah. like very upset like right, everybody right. is really emotional yeah that's an not interesting... that i would have done anything differently i mean i probably would have been I'm a bit hawkish myself when it comes to <laughs> uh, my stance on non-violence and war. Mm-hmm. What else about this Starship Troopers movie? It's cool. It's cool. You got some space marines. What was your favorite part of this movie? Like, which of the... Um, like, yeah, we had many different phases, like the school years and graduation, training, uh, like mm-hmm. the initial fights. I think in any, like, military movie I've ever seen, the, like, the boot camp scenes are, like, the most fun. Yeah. yeah. They seem to just be designed that way. It's like high school, like, yeah. in for war, uh-huh. you know, where it's more, like, social in nature and, like, there's no stakes like the violence isn't real, uh-huh. except for that one scene where like the dude gets his like uh, head blown off like during oh, exercise. Sure, sure. So I, I think I like that section of the movie the most is like boot camp. I'd agree. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. The like I alluded to earlier, like the actual war scenes are just like minutes of like guys shooting bugs with ineffective weapons so that like gets a little old kind of it, fast it, it, yeah yeah it gets a little wearing at the end <laughs> and i had it even worse because like my wi-fi like kept like cutting out while i was trying to finish that section of the movie uh-huh. so i would be <laughs> <laughs> i would have like minutes of like shooting bugs and then like the wi-fi would drop for two minutes and then so that whole section was like elongated by like 10 minutes for me nice uh, what did I did you it like good. about I, the about the, the drill stuff. Yeah, I really love the drill sergeant. Like, I just like love that guy's bone structure. Is that Clancy Brown? Is that his name? I don't know him. Who is he? Is he He's... is he the Rocky Russian guy by any chance? <laughs> Everybody in the movie looks Dolph like him. Dolph Lundgren. No. <laughs> um, that's a uh, Clan. I think his name's Clancy Brown. He's like the voice of Mr. Krabs, and he's in like other stuff. No way. Yeah, he's like a known actor. Huh. Yeah, he's uh, great. I love the callback to him when he shows up at the end of the movie. 
Yeah, and we I didn't find even out see that... where he like did. Did we just like lose track of him like after they graduated boot camp? Was that what? So is it the last thing we knew about him is like when the Buenos Aires attack happened. He was like to his superior Hank from Breaking Bad. Okay. Uh, was telling him that's right it's like uh like to hell you're gonna go to the battlefield like we need you here um the only way you're going to the battlefield is if like i'm demoting you to private or something and then at the end we find out that that's what he did huh he you know gave up whatever rank he had to fight that's cool it's cool it's cool the only other thing thing i can really think to comment on is just like the visceralness of the violence uh-huh. it's so uh like i was saying earlier i tried to watch this movie with like some other people uh, a few months ago and i just it felt like inappropriate yeah it's like i i need to watch this with like closer friends this isn't uh-huh. something that you show like a stranger yeah yeah it's a little much i mean some of the violence really is like when the news shot when they say like oh this mormon colony you know tried to build a like a mormon community and then they were just annihilated. that's right and everybody's just like cut in half and just yeah. gore yeah like oh my god we didn't even get to that part really in the movie yeah i think it's like the opening scene it's that like news reporter right he gets like picked up by the bug mm. and like he's like thrown about like a dinosaur is like eating him and then he gets cut in half like the bug like bites him in half uh-huh and his both his like torso and legs go in different directions very brutal so we shut it off how did I, that like, go made, who, who I, instigated the shut off was like what was the conversation around the shut off i made the executive decision because i uh-huh. think i had su- suggested it you read the room yeah, I had suggested Starship Troopers, and then, like, it was really intense. And so I was like, you guys, do you want to watch, like, this other show? And I just, like, gave out an alternative option that I think every... I made it more about the other option than I did about how shitty the other movie was uh-huh. to them. So that seemed to work okay. Nice. I feel you, because, um, like, I, I might have recommended this movie, but I didn't realize that it was that crazy. I mean, I think I probably, when I saw it on TV or something, like, or cable, mm-hmm. that it was probably edited. That I would be a lot of editing, though. Stuff. You know, there's so much in the movie. Like, Because I, I, w- I watched this young. I mean... Mm-hmm. I feel like I would have... I, I feel like something... I'm missing something, because if I would have seen this young... It would have scarred me. Like I remember <laughs> a few movies that were I watched too early, uh-huh. and they scarred me. But for this, this one, I have no memory of. Yeah, I don't think I saw this movie super young. I think I saw this as like a teenager. Uh huh. I have some early memories. I, I can't place them, but I mean, I must have been less than eight. What's your uh, earliest movie memory? Like, watching I, I, a movie, not, like, the oldest movie you've seen. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll tell you this elusive memory that I have of, like, watching a movie and in and, and the scene, um, it's, like, these two teenage, like, couple, this teenage couple, like, living in, let's say, New York. Okay. <laughs> and I think it's, it like, the final shot or something. 
I hope that you can help me find this movie because I want to watch it again. Okay. But what they're doing, this couple is in the subway and they're like just sitting in their seat. It's stopping and going and picking up passengers and dropping off passengers late at night. Um, But they're just waiting. And then they, they just wait long enough that like nobody's on the train anymore. It's like 1 a.m. or something and that their car is clear and then they just have sex in the back of the subway car whoa yeah very steamy very steamy i feel like that's a googleable plot device uh i've never tried to google it i bet if you say like movie where a couple has sex in empty train car like you could figure it out yeah and that's a very interesting memory because i where i was watching it i don't know where that was it wasn't like my regular home or anything like that. Um, that is like interesting the... that you don't remember the context. That's indicative of very early memory. So far, I, back I remember. I, it's a pretty vivid memory. I just don't know where that was. Like it was a friend's house. We were traveling. Who knows? Like mm-hmm. no idea. What about you? My earliest movie memory. Yeah. Hmm. Probably. Like one of the Pixar movies, like Toy Story or something. Uh-huh. I remember like Toy Story 2, which came out in 98, I think, right? Toy Story 2. Is this a, a theater? 99. Memory? Yeah, it's a theater of memory. watching it in theaters? Yeah. Actually, that's not true. Um, my f- oldest movie Do memory I? is a movie called Camelot Quest for Camelot okay um, which was a 98 movie um, does that mean that you watched it in 98 yes because I saw it in the theater okay so I would have been six years old so that's like pretty early I can't think I remember of any watching agent Cody Banks in theaters when did that come out This is a good mechanism to figure out how old the memory is, because if you saw a movie in a theater, you'd know exactly what year that memory's from. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, Trevor. Let's see. Agent Cody Banks came out in 2003. Wow. So that's what I was up to at that time. (laughs) I remember seeing Quest for Camelot with, like, my daycare group. So I wasn't even in school. I was in, uh, I was probably in elementary school or kindergarten or whatever you are at that age, but I was like... Oh, so you were very young. What what age do you go to, like, kindergarten? When does that happen? What age do you go to Three or something, right? I'm going to say three. Uh, in Kansas, at the age at which a child is required to attend school is age seven in Kansas. So okay. this might have been like the year and before. In first world countries? What? In first world countries? It says in Kansas. It's like a bi-state thing. So yeah, I might have been like the first year before school, so I might have been in a daycare. But wow. I remember being with a, a group of people who were not like... It was not a school trip and it was not like my family or friends or anything. It was like a daycare type of thing. Uh-huh. 
and it was in Lawrence, if I remember right. I was like visiting my dad. Oh and really? I was, I was like at a daycare, or what? Not where, like your wherever I went. Place? Huh? Like so, this wouldn't have been a cohort that you knew well. No, like, was... no, I would have only seen them like during like a summer or two, probably. Uh-huh. Because it was just the place I went when, like, my dad was at work and I was visiting. For how long were the visits? Like, weeks? It's hard to tell because time works differently when you're that age. Uh-huh. Like, in my mind, it was, like, weeks. But I could have been there, like, a single week. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Or years. Like, who knows? Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, I was with that group of people. And I just remember that my, the teacher or like the supervisor was this, um, we, even what I could recognize at the time was this very kind of masculine woman that had red hair. And I remember Uh being confused by that as a kid. I'm like, what's going on with this person Uh who's my supervisor? Like this doesn't, this doesn't fit like the, the stereotypes that I've come to know. Uh-huh. about gender roles in my kid brain wow so that those i guess that's kind of interesting my first like movie memory is like directly tied to like my first uh subversion of expectations of gender uh-huh what a pure like thought memory of like the first time that you're like exposed to anything Mm-hmm. it's weird that i have a memory that's associated with that like the first person that i saw that fit a certain description uh or was it just somebody with like short hair (laughs) yeah it could have just been that you're like dude she had a mohawk (laughs) it was purple well if i remember right it was like uh had red hair it was short and they had like a lot of piercings Uh uh-huh and didn't and wore like kind of just dude clothes Nice. What would have been considered dude clothes at the time? And a black flag t-shirt, like a cool <laughs> punk rock thing. I mean, it was Lawrence, so, I mean, stands to reason. So, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I need to boost my... Boost I feel like my, my levels could be higher in my headphones, but I can't do that in any other way than to turn up the game. Well, I feel like... What you just did when you got close to the mic just now, it made your voice sound way better and louder. Really? Yeah. Just look. You ever watch Podcast Man? They got the mic, like, right here. Yeah. It's almost, like, uncomfortable, like, how close the mic is. Let me... You know what I don't like is that, uh, that no one's made, like, a good mic in a headset that like headset mics just sound bad across the board yeah for some reason you can't put like the same tech in that mic in a mic like that and then uh on top of that headsets are a very like social faux pas like in corporate meetings maybe that's extreme language but like when you see a person with like a headset you're like come on man what are you doing is this like i gotta stre- say is this your stream right now I've never really seen it, so I can't really comment. I've seen it a couple times, and it, it makes someone either look like a streamer or like, uh, like a call center person. Uh-huh. That's funny. 
I'm probably the most decked out person, like just gear wise, that out of anybody that I meet with. Yeah. So if I'm anything, I look like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I've gotten comments on my mic, and I'm like, yeah. The last That's... time I'm like, well, this is just like black taped on here. Like this is not a real. I just uh, tell people that I do a podcast with my friends sometimes, and this is just you do? Conv- convenient. Yeah, that's your explanation. That's but that's way more embarrassing. It's not though. You just give give away that information. People like to hear that you do podcasts. It's not like I tell them where to go look it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've, I've done that. I've done that. I've I've told people I've that I do a podcast, but with no identifying information. I definitely don't say the name of it. I have uh, to people who I trust and like. I'll I'll give the name to. Uh huh. And now that like I'm a different, I'm in a different job now. Like all the people who I used to work with, I don't really care if they if they can find it now. Uh huh. What about the new people? Are you gonna some people like, it? Some people in the company know where my podcast is. Mm-hmm. Like the the people who are on my team, they're like all pretty cool. So okay, well just you know lock that shit up so it doesn't spread. Yeah. Yeah. Stacy told her coworkers, uh, like where to find it. Yeah, yeah. So they might be listening. Yeah, so they can't be trusted. Okay. I lost our train of thought. Let me see if I can come up. What with do you anything. think of the whole like, uh, like love triangle or quadrilateral? It was cool. I thought it was. I, I thought it was effective. Like I liked. I followed it, and it was like, oh, okay. I don't understand the point of it at all. If that wasn't there, there would just be like, no, it would just feel like a a movie about like four different people. I like, at least that connected the characters enough and I, I appreciated it. Well, it's weird that like, I feel like, uh, what's her face? The, the girlfriend, um, Denise Richards. Uh I feel like her arc is much more uneventful than Johnny's. Like, she's not the main character. And yeah. so I'm not... I don't really know why I'm seeing her. Like, when when her story is being presented to me. Uh-huh. Like, she's just this... The few, like, character development things they do with her is that she's kind of, like, a... more of a rambunctious pilot than the average one. And she's got this whole, like will they won't they thing with the other pilot guy uh-huh. but that's but that's it as far as i can tell are those two things you know i don't care about either of those i i enjoyed that arc for like for my part i like that like what like what i just described is there anything else that does it for you for her that does it for me that makes that character interesting um I mean, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean you, you summed up the, the major plot points. It's just like her being this like, oh, she's like a pilot and she's good at it. And she breaks up with Johnny like halfway through the movie. It's, 
I don't care. There's well, there's not but, anything interesting in that to me. Well, let me let me try this. One thing in the movie that I really liked is you know how like Johnny kind of took like 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 infantry is kind of a lower tier, less prestige position, right? That he's going through, and then she took the kind of high prestige route. Uh, and so I thought it was kind of interesting to see how like they diverged along those paths. Okay. Like yeah. Like, and, I, and so I thought that was cool. I thought the breakup scene was really good. Like when she mm-hmm. said, "Like, um, like I thought that, that that felt like really earnest." When she was like, "You know, I don't think it's gonna work because I'm going like full career into this thing. Yeah, and I want to make captain. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I, it was cool. I liked it. Yeah, that's fair. You needed like kind of the other side perspective. Yeah, like yeah. the other like military." branch you're you're right that is interesting i hadn't realized that but the the payoff of like the the neil when they all three meet up together at the end Mm -hmm. and they're all like three different change people from the ones they were at the beginning Mm -hmm. and so i i yeah so i really saw like the movie kind of like through that lens like the story of three different people who take different paths in this world um didn't get enough of Neil Patrick Harris as I would have liked. Like, I would have definitely loved to see his story more. Mm-hmm. But just to see him come back at the end, and you're like, wow, dude, like, this guy is way different. Well, it's wild, because he's, he's very, like, uh, stressed the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Like, he is, like, feeling the weight of war, like, when you see him again. When he freaks out at them, when he's like, um, like, oh, you think it was cold that we send those men in there to die? Like, well, like, tough shit okay i have to Mm -hmm. make decisions like this all the time yeah this is real and so that even though like we don't see him for the whole movie just at the beginning at the end like Mm -hmm. all the character development like implied by that right you're just like whoa you see him that one other time he's in one of those little like uh uh propaganda ads yeah yeah he's like demonstrating like how to shoot the bugs Uh uh-huh yeah. Maybe early in his career as like a games and theory guy cuz he he seems pretty okay in the ad. Uh-huh. And pretty stressed out the other time we see him. The movie doesn't really give you any hints as to how much time has passed, but you just like infer from the way the characters have changed that like oh, we must have just like jumped forward like a year. Or like yeah, many maybe months. a year or two. Yeah. Maybe we can talk really quickly about just because we like to talk about lore and rules a lot. Oh. The, just like what's going on with Neil Patrick Harris and how he's like a superhero. Essentially. Lore and rules. Yeah. So what's up? What's going on with him? I'm asking you. What do you think? Um, yeah, so the psychic ability? Yeah. I'll say, I didn't realize that at the, that that he was the one that had implanted the idea into the main character's mind that, like, the girlfriend was still alive and where to find her. At, like, the end? Like, when she's... Yeah. I didn't realize that happened either. When, where do they show that? Um, there's like one scene, it's like kind of hard to follow the cuts from that part of the movie for sure. But like at one point, 
Like, like there's one point where he says, like, man, you know that she's dead just as much as I as I do, right. man. We're not going yeah, back for that. Her. But then a little bit after that, somehow they're back, like, in the cave where she's at. And the guy is just like, I know she's not dead. Um, uh-huh. I just know. Right. And then later, Neil Patrick Harris, like, confirms that with, I forget, whatever he says. But it, he said something, oh, some I miss, comment that said it was him. I missed that entirely, the yeah. comment from Neil Patrick Harris. Because earlier in the movie, sense. they set it up. With their, he implanted the idea in his pet to go up his mom's skirt. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, we can't do that with humans yet. Right. And then That's at right. the end, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, Which I is also a great that. payoff for the, for the Neil Patrick's neil patrick storyline mm-hmm. the movie kind of implies that he is not unique in that way yeah right not unique but rare right yeah mm-hmm. so you think it's just like a, just like a human evolution thing like certain people can just do that now yeah so i think that this movie you know is essentially you know told from this conservative mindset as we talked about earlier Uh uh-huh and so to me this is just like the appeal to like the religious people that kind of believe in magic like low-key well those are like they look at this and say like oh yeah sure yeah Uh, um you know like a scientifically grounded basis for like telepathy that could be a thing right yeah I don't know. I guess I see, like, people who believe in, like, telepathy and magic and, like, astrology and telling the future. I see those as, like, a distinct group of people who are, like, ultra-conservative religious. Uh Uh-huh. You know? That's, like... It's not, like, this uh, being that's giving you the wisdom. It's, It's, like, some kind of power that you have... It's like religious people think it's like coming from God, whereas like psychic people think that they're like that they have that power or something. So yeah. I, I don't I don't know if I think it's it totally lines up with the conservative part of the movie for me. It's it a seemed, little off the mark, but I mean a little bit, a little bit telepathy. I mean that's. It, I mean, it's more sci-fi maybe than, than what I'm getting credit for, but it's the most magical thing in the movie in this like pretty like hard sci-fi thing. Yeah, well, they don't. They also just don't really explain what it is he can do precisely. Uh huh. You know, he they imply it with like, "Oh, did you read my mind?" Like earlier in like the high school scenes so apparently he can he can read minds that's part of it he uh can play blackjack really well (laughs) he can uh control people or like at least incept ideas in people's minds yeah theoretically maybe can can control people but to what degree and like how he does it, they don't really ever explain. And that seems to be like, like perfectly correlated with his intelligence, I guess, because he gets like a really good score, and that's why he gets 
sent on to like the strategic portion of the military. Uh huh. That kind of makes sense. He's like mentally strong, so of course that's where the telepathy comes his, from. His like my like in the in like the video game like uh, power category, his like mental one is like all the way yeah. to t- to ten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just thought of a really not cool idea to that, like a nice. Um, symmetry with the bugs you know they have like the one brain mind and it basically just orders this drone army of bugs to do its bidding Uh uh-huh they don't have souls you know that's what they imply um right i don't know if we can believe that but maybe it's true neil patrick harris has the ability to plant ideas into humans minds and make them do things oh maybe maybe humans are gonna start we're at the very like early stages of this, you know. They they're just exploring and doing experiments on this phenomenon. Maybe that's where they're going. They're going to become more bug-like. Oh, okay. Yeah, more drone-like. Yeah. I thought you were going to tie it back to like uh like fascism. How it's like you didn't let me finish. We're we're and like the victi- fascism. There we're you like go. the end of thought. <laughs> You still want to get the, the fascism credit on that thought. But you know what I'm going to say. It's like propaganda. No. Propagandas. Just like brainwashing. Oh, putting them. Yeah, yeah. Putting the ideas into people's minds. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. They're already like uh, a very well-controlled populace in that movie. Yes. But I mean, that's the reason, right? Yeah. The fascism is the reason that they are that way, I guess. Uh-huh. Well, and they even say, like, throughout the movie, they're like, the bugs are just like us. They, like, continually like, make comparisons. So they, like, they want to understand us so they can kill us or whatever. Yeah. So they yeah. draw, like, parallels between this hive mind existence that that the bugs are to... Uh, to them and i guess maybe it's a stretch but it's just like oh just a big brain bug that comes up with all the ideas and and all of the the drones execute that's like a perfect one-to-one to to like a dictatorship yeah yeah i love it yeah we didn't even talk about like the bugs as a character slash species they're so interesting yeah yeah uh i mean the the drone bugs are basically just animals yeah right they're just like wild attacking animals but that Uh, scene at the end where the the neil patrick harris goes up to the brain bug and says that it's scared mm -hmm. and that's just like such a huge victory to the humans that they could like inflict emotional damage on these creatures that was mm-hmm. their reaction. They were like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, we yeah. made this thing scared." Um, well, but that all, was a great it, scene where you're like, yeah. these, "These things can feel bad." Well, it only comes like after the knowledge that that they are smart, or at least like a few of them are smart. Uh huh. But but at that point was the first um, evidence that they had like emotions. Like before, there was like all the all the evidence for intelligence that they had. Like they were like strategically maneuvering and doing these things. Yeah. But at that point, 
when they say that they're feeling emotions, I feel like that was really a big escalation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went from, like, just computer-like creatures to fallible emotional things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That is separate. Because... I don't know, when I, when they talk about how the bugs are smart and how they, uh, one part that I didn't quite understand is the, they're inspecting like one of those dead bodies and it has like a giant hole in its head. Like they meet a guy who survived the, the attack uh-huh. and they were like, they put bugs in your brain and they'll like make you do things. Yeah. But we never saw that on screen. Uh-huh. We saw, like, a dude getting his, like, brain sucked out, which I'm not really sure what the function of that is. Uh, other than just it looks fucking crazy. I think it takes all their information <laughs> in their brain when they do it that. It just absorbs all the, all the information in the brain. Yeah. Seems like kind of a crude way to do that. <laughs> hey, if it's in there, it's in there, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. But yeah, like the the bug in the they're like they put a bug in your brain and like it can control that person. I found that to be like kind of valuable information about what the bugs are all about. Uh-huh. But they never demonstrated that in any way. Yeah. So I was a little lost there. Yeah, you're right. I wonder what that was. Like Maybe it was there, like there's a, original like the original books on this like maybe they're that's something they can do. It it feels like something that would be in like a deleted scene or something. Yeah. 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 There's exposition about it, but you just But don't that's see it. that's bad form, right? To do that? Is that bad filmmaking or is is that what is that? It's a yeah, is I mean a mistake. I don't think it's a mistake, but it's like a small detail that you can choose to overlook if you want yeah. to. It's not that are, big of a deal. Are they it under loses, any obligations? It loses points. It loses yeah. point. The movie loses points for it, but I still give mm-hmm. it a passing grade. I agree. So I'm going to give this movie eight brain straws out of ten. Okay. Brain vacuums. Whatever that, um, that arm is that comes out of the brain bug. Yeah, yeah, the Brain Sucker 2000. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to agree with Trevor and say I'm going to give this movie eight sets of severed limbs out of ten. That's 16 limbs total. <laughs> over eight pairs. <laughs> eight pairs is 16 um, over are they, a possibility uh, of 20 total. Are they strictly pairs of the same category of limbs? It's also right? four-fifths. pairs <laughs> are they all like if to be a pair do they have to be two legs or two arms or can it be like a leg and an arm yeah you can't mix and match okay that's a pretty specific score it's a, very, it's a little more uh, complicated than what we usually do here yeah. <laughs>